Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie and Crunchy Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. In today's topic, you might want to listen when the kids are not around because we're going to talk about fertility herbs. And we are going to cover both men and women and some of the causes and things, other natural helps that you can use in addition to herbs. But before we get into that, we're going to listen to a little message from our producer, the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Happy birthday, Ultimate Podcast Network family. Celebrating eight years in 2021 are bringing you the listener free broadcasts on topics that are family friendly. There are podcasts on homeschooling, kids, family life, and success over struggles. There are podcasts on rekindling your romance, household management, organization, health issues, techie skills, and podcasts on every academic subject that will help you in your journey. And there's more. I want to give a shout out to the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network podcasters. They work hours and hours to bring you these broadcasts for free. And how can you thank them? Well, it's easy. One, subscribe to their channel. You can do this on any podcast app. Two, give this podcast a star rating on your favorite podcast app, as well as comment on the website. Three, share this episode and the network with a friend. And thank you, our listeners. You've kept us on the air for many years and millions of downloads. Also, I invite you to sign up for our easing that comes out weekly with freebies each month for subscribers only, as well as a list of all the podcasts you won't want to miss. You can find this podcast as well as others on the ultimate homeschool podcast network.com and happy birthday. Enjoy this upcoming presentation, and God bless. Okay, so let's get into it and hear about our natural remedies and things for fertility. Did you know that about one in five women experiences for infertility or secondary infertility in some capacity? That's amazing. One in five women. It breaks down to about 12% of women aged 15 to 44 have difficulty getting pregnant and or carrying a baby to term. And then another 6%, uh, they can't seem to get pregnant at all. And of course, the statistics rise with age. That's to be expected. But here's something else that maybe you didn't know is, is that men... Uh, have been decreasing in fertility for quite some time as well. Sperm counts are down 50% since 1970. So that 
is, of course, a big contributing factor as well. Let's find out how we can improve these odds uh, and maybe get a little down to the root of the issue a little bit uh, before turning to medical interventions and uh, expensive procedures that may not work and may violate personal beliefs. Uh, many Christians uh, feel that that's, that's not something that we should be doing, um, and some disagree. So there's a lot of things that have to go right in order to conceive a child, even though we kind of take it for granted until we're the ones having trouble, right? We see a lot of women having lots of kids, and then sometimes uh, maybe you're the couple that you had one child and can't get pregnant again, or you're a young couple that is having difficulty even having the first one. And it could feel like, you know, why does one family get a whole bunch of kids and others don't? It's very, it can be very upsetting and frustrating and cause a lot of uh, feelings of anger as well. Uh, anger at God too, and um, we need we need a lot of support and encouragement when when we feel like that. Um, but let's talk about what you know what kinds of things need to be going on in order for conception to take place. Because, like I said, we we think we take it for granted, and we think we know how all these you know things work. Um, but sometimes there's things that maybe we didn't know affect. Uh, fertility. So one of the things that uh, we may see is, is that there's a hormonal imbalances that can occur, uh, same kinds of hormonal imbalances that can cause painful periods and PMS that we've talked about in this series. Those can also affect fertility because low progesterone levels in the uh, luteal phase of the cycle, that's the part of the menstrual cycle that is right after ovulation. There could be a short luteal phase if there's not enough progesterone. And that can cause the, the uterus isn't getting thick enough to be able to support uh, a fertilized egg. So if the luteal phase is really short, the, there's not enough time for the new, um, new baby to be supported until the, um, the placenta forms. So there's supposed to be enough progesterone to support a pregnancy until the placenta forms. But if, if there isn't, then there will be a miscarriage. And sometimes repeated miscarriages are because of that. So on the other hand, you could also have low estrogen levels after, um, and low estrogen doesn't always mean that there's an issue with the ovaries. Sometimes the issue goes back to the pituitary gland because the pituitary gland releases follicle stimulating hormone that then triggers the rise in estrogen levels with the ovaries. So sometimes it's the ovaries, they're not responding to the FSH, and sometimes it's a pituitary gland not releasing enough FSH. This kind of thing um, happens a lot as, as women wait until they're older to have babies, and that's when you can see some issues with estrogen levels because, you know, the natural stages of a woman's life as she gets older, especially in her 
40s, but sometimes as early as their late 30s, the estrogen levels start to drop off gradually as she gets near to menopause, and it can definitely affect the ability to get pregnant. Sometimes, though, uh, there's other things that can affect what they call the master gland, the pituitary gland. And so if you have diabetes, that can be a factor in um, the functioning of your pituitary gland. So some other things that have been linked to hormonal imbalances and difficulties with either too little progesterone or too little estrogen have been things like birth control pills, and we talked about that in the last episode, uh, weight issues. So if you are too skinny, uh, you are going to have a hard time getting pregnant. But sometimes women who are overweight also have difficulty getting pregnant. So um, that also goes back to having a very low fat diet. You need to have enough fat in your body to produce hormones and you have to have enough fat in your body to support a pregnancy. So if there's not enough fat, that too can affect uh, hormone levels and your ability to get pregnant. If you exercise too much, Again, that goes back to being too thin and being on a very low-fat diet. But uh, excessive exercise has been shown to affect estrogen levels as well. And um, we see that with Olympians, especially um, young gymnasts, where they're not having cycles at all because of the levels of training that they're doing. So that can happen with older women as well, women in their 20s who train excessively. You can also have stress. And, you know, stress, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, how stress can affect your hormone levels and ability to get pregnant. And um, exposure to estrogen-mimicking chemicals. And that really comes into play, especially with men and low sperm counts. So those are also called endocrine disruptor chemicals. And you may have heard of those with reference to plastics and other kinds of things. And that is one of the ways that people, children, women, you know, men, everybody gets too much exposure to estrogens is because these endocrine disruptors, they mimic estrogen. So you also have a little bit of this with phytoestrogens in foods, but um, the effect from foods is a little bit different because they are plant-based and your body is able to manage those a little bit better. Um, However, they do still have an effect and they can interfere with the production of testosterone. So in, in women and girls, you can have an excessive amount of estrogen, which obviously leads to an imbalance, just like you know, birth control pills or other things like that. But um, in men and boys, it can, you know, it's too much estrogen, it suppresses testosterone. And of course, you need testosterone to be able to reproduce and also boys exposed to these endocrine disruptors for any length of time. I mean, one exposure is not really going to be enough, but over a length of time, especially when they are infants and puberty, 
during those two most sensitive times of their lives when they have a testosterone surge that basically programs their bodies as masculine and helps to set the course for their development. Exposure to these endocrine disruptors at that those times of their life especially can really wreak havoc with testosterone levels. And I really would recommend that you try to eliminate all sources of those from your home, especially if you have boys. If you think about this very carefully, uh, you can quickly make the association with some of the things that we're seeing going on in our culture right now. It can quite possibly go back to these uh, endocrine disruptive chemicals that many children are exposed to before birth. So uh, there's a link in the show notes that will lead you to a list of where all of these endocrine disruptors can be found. And it can be very difficult to eliminate all of them, but doing as much as you can that's under your own control is, it goes a long way towards controlling those sources and helping to minimize exposure, especially for our sons and our husbands. Also, you know, be careful uh, what you're doing with regards to those during pregnancy, because of course that does expose your developing baby to to those chemicals. So we're talking about fertility herbs to help you get pregnant if you are having trouble. So when that happens, be careful about that, about your exposure. And they also do find their way into breast milk, as you can imagine. So Um, One last note about that is to not give your son soy-based formula. I know that a lot of us, we really work hard to try to breastfeed our infants, but sometimes we're just not able to for whatever reason. So I would really recommend that you avoid soy-based formula for the same reasons. So one other thing I would say about uh, male fertility with this is that male sperm counts are higher in male athletes. So, you know, getting some exercise probably would really go a long way because, of course, the, that's kind of tied to virility and um, releases testosterone it, in men. So it's a good idea to get a good exercise routine going there for that. So other than the hormonal imbalances that can occur and cause issues with fertility, let's talk about some other things that can affect fertility that we can do something about. So aside from the diet and the exercise issues, we also need to pay attention to uh, the vitamins and minerals we're taking in. So we talk a lot about about nutrition on this show, right? I'm always talking about how you need to eat a whole foods diet and you need to get lots of vegetables and things. And of course, that does play a significant role in fertility as well and your energy levels and all of that. So we've talked before about hormone balancing through some of the dietary things. So that is a key thing. And some of the nutrients that really help with fertility that have been shown to be linked to fertility are things like vitamin B6, choline, 
arginine, zinc, and vitamin C. And a lot of those are found in leafy green vegetables, quality eggs and meats, and sometimes if necessary, it may need to be a little supplementation, especially with uh, zinc and arginine um, or a a quality B vitamin supplement because B vitamins are important regardless. But most of the time, those are found in meats. So you should be getting enough of those nutrients if you're eating enough whole foods. So I mentioned stress before. You may have, I mean, you may have encountered a couple that have been trying and trying to have children and they're like really kind of stressed out about it, maybe in high powered, you know, careers or, you know, they're just obsessing about it. And then when they decide that maybe it's just really not meant for them to have their own children and they decide to adopt, then suddenly they find themselves pregnant. And it's probably because they have, they have put themselves under a lot of stress about it. And when the body's under stress, it says, oops, it's not a good time for us to be having babies because the environment is very stressful and um, we don't want to bring a new person into that kind of environment. So the body just kind of clamps up and won't allow for a pregnancy. So doing some uh, self-care around that can help if that's you. If you're feeling very anxious and stressed out and you're attending to these other things, and of course the B vitamins will help you with the stress too. <laughs> Maybe that's something to think about. Another thing is, and this is kind of, this is kind of a, a different thing that you may not have thought about is we have a lot of little, of lights in our bedrooms at night. So if you have a clock in there, if you have a TV in there, maybe you have you live next to a block with lots of street lamps, the light coming into your room can affect female fertility. There's a reason why menses is affiliated with the moon is because darkness has an influence over ovulation and and the cycle in general. So having the room as dark as possible, putting up some darkening curtains, getting dousing the uh, clock in the room, putting the uh, phones and things some in a different place to charge at night and just making it as dark as possible, may just do the trick. Maybe the thing that is making a big difference for you. And another thing is uh, is scanty mucus. So um, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. And there's things that you can do for that. Mucus is necessary for sperm motility. So doing something about that it can make can also make a difference if there's no other real explanation. So those are some easy fixes that you can try for. So sometimes though it's not so easy, and it, I really advise that you go and talk to your doctor if you suspect any of these issues might be in play. So if you have abnormal thyroid function, and as I mentioned, the pituitary gland, but that. If it's not, if there's nothing wrong with the pituitary gland, it, you you may just be starting to experience a bit of early menopause. Um, so that may play a role. But um, the abnormal thyroid function, if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, 
that can play a role. Um, and I mentioned diabetes. So those three conditions can affect fertility. So if you're having uh, a lot of me metabolism issues, uh, if you are overweight, if you have the polycystic ovaries, any of those things, then you need to speak with your doctor about how you can help improve your fertility, even with those conditions. If you have been on prolonged birth control, that can also cause sterility. Uh, so keep that in mind if you choose to do that um, or if you have done that in the past. And I really hate to bring this up, but, you know, sometimes before we were Christians, we didn't lead such a wholesome life. And if that's you, where maybe you're a little bit promiscuous and uh, maybe you contracted something and haven't really detected it, it now's the time to check that out because STIs can cause infertility. They eat away at the fallopian tubes, um, making it uh, more likely to have ectopic pregnancies or even just not to be able to get pregnant at all. So please look into that if you suspect that maybe you that advisable. So let's get into the herbs. So first we're going to talk about some things for men because the herbs for women, some of them are the same as for men. And also uh, a lot of the herbs that we've talked about before in the previous episodes during this uh, women's health series uh, that help with balancing hormones and things like that also help with this uh, fertility issue. So if you're doing something about one of the other issues that you have, the, it will also address the fertility. But I, you know, I don't usually talk about the male issues because, you know, this is generally a show for women. <laughs> and I am a woman, so I don't know, you know, it, it, it just makes sense. So the first one uh, we're going to talk about is Panax ginseng. So that is the male tonic herb that is the herb of choice in Chinese medicine. So it's just an overall male tonic for male virility and energy and um, addressing male issues, generally speaking. It's the counterpart to the Dong Kwai for women. Ashwagandha is the Ayurvedic counterpart to Penex ginseng. Uh, it can also be taken by women, but those the, they're just two herbs that are just traditional to different systems, but do similar things. Oats, interestingly enough, and yes, I'm talking about like oatmeal, yes. <laughs> it's that's where the phrase sowing is wild oats comes from. Uh, it tends to make horses frisky and um, it, it can have the same kind of effect on human males also. So uh, ginger has many actions in the body and it is very warming and stimulating on the lower uh, organs and it has the same sort of effect on libido and of course it's tasty and it's safe and you can eat it all the time and it's good for men and women also. And a traditional herb that is used by both men and women as well is Damiana and that is 
has long been known as an aphrodisiac herb. So, and the last one I'm going to mention is the Epimodium species. That's the Latin name. You can check the show notes for the common name for this species of herbs. It, in Chinese medicine, it's known as yin yang huo. And um, it's a specific for uh, male ER issues. And it was sm- shown in a small study to be effective with rats. So you can check that out in the show notes also. And now we're going to talk about the women's herbs. So I already mentioned Dan Kwai, and I already mentioned Damiana and Ashwagandha. So uh, the other one that I uh, have mentioned in previous episodes is Vitax, because Vitax is like a female tonic herb as well that helps regulate the hormone cycles and is a good sort of tonic herb for the female whole reproductive system to help with fertility. And then another one that we don't often think of for fertility, but that is a good sort of everyday tonic type tea is raspberry. And we often usually think of that when um, we're talking about pregnancy, but it's full of vitamins and minerals that are generally good for just taking on on a daily basis that can also help with fertility. So I hope that was helpful to you. Please check the show notes for uh, additional things that I mentioned and some links there to important lists and stuff that I mentioned. And also, this is, this is the last episode in the Women's Health series. So don't miss your opportunity to get an email series for free, 10 Herbs for Women's Health, because we've only covered a few in the past, in this episode, in the past five episodes before this one. So make sure you grab that from the show notes. And we're going to wrap it up. But uh, you can catch up with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at julie.naturally. And remember that wellness comes from plants. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.